Juma, sir. The man does not have a beard. He is bald. I have not seen his wife. I'm going to need him to keep quiet. This is the Two African Girls Review Podcast. Where we review black and brown film, TV, and more. We are back with our episode two, Country Queen Review. Now, if you don't already know this, we are reviewing Country Queen episode by episode because it's the first Kenyan Netflix show. We did an episode one review, so make sure you go and listen to that before you listen to this. And to those who have listened to the first episode, we thank you for listening. If you are enjoying it, please make sure you leave a thumbs up on YouTube. Share wherever you're listening. Also give us a rating. Yeah. It helps push the podcast to more listeners. This episode was directed by Brian Munene. The writers were Wanjeri Gakuru, Lydia Matata, Oprah Oyugi, Kimani Waweru. It starts with the child picking a cloth from a cloth's line and running throughout the village saying Malimu Anakufa. Is that the word she said? Oh God, they're butchering Swahili. She does not use Swahili. She's using Kamba. But it was understandable. I mean, to us that she was saying Malimu is dead. Because there's subs. Yeah, so the child has told the people that Malimu is dead. And um, Anna comes over. I think she hears the message. She comes over and she actually does confirm that he is dead. While she's there, Anna is giving, um, she gives condolences to both Esther, Mwalimu's wife, who is also Akisa's mother, and also to Aunt Salome. Even Akisa is there. Yeah, as well as Akisa. But the strange thing is Esther says the word that the sorrow or the grief is only ours, meaning that Akisa is not included. That means she does not regard Akisa as somebody who's going through grief too? Yeah. Guys, let's talk about this. The way Esther is being so cold to her daughter is really something. It is uncomfortable. It is very uncomfortable to watch. And then the part where she says the toxic waste from the city. At first, when I first watched it, I was like, what is she talking about? What toxic waste? When I went in to watch it the second and third time, I realized she was actually talking about Akisa. What was so atrocious that Akisa did that made this woman hate her daughter so much? Anyway, when the child is running around, right, doing the death announcement, you can see the color grading change. Mm-hmm, that's true. When they go to the parts where the open pit mining is, you can see it's really dry. There's few plants inside. Mm-hmm. It just looks desolate. desolate. Yeah. That's the word. Ooh, English. Okay. <laughs> and uh, while we're there, we meet... Uh, we don't really meet. We know Eric, right? Yeah. He oversees the mining activities, I guess. Yeah. He reports to Vivian. Yeah. Let's talk about Eric's outfit. First of all, it's bringing back memories. Was that even memory? Yeah, because they made him wear khaki pants. You know, the, the whole safari, white man safari outfit with <laughs> complete with a hat. Maybe it was intentional because he really gave overseer vibes. And to make it worse, he's actually sitting in a tent. They'd be sitting in tents with their, um, what are these things called? Looking glasses? What are they called? Binoculars. Yes. And the people are down there working. It gave colonial vibes. Yeah, I've said it. A lot of people, when they think of safari, like this safari chic, that's a thing, you know? I don't know. I'm yet to meet an African who wants to actually go on a safari. <laughs> They're there, you know. They're there because it's marketed to you as tourism. Support your country. So you have to go whether you like it or not. What will I gain from seeing a lion? 
I don't know, appreciate. You know what? This is not the time and place to <laughs> okay. be discussing this. But yeah, whoever did wardrobe was... Yeah, we got the message. Yeah. We have Eric describing Titus and Musa as... Stupid. The fat one and the skinny oh, one. Oh, right. And he also refers to them as stupid. Right. It's so funny because when they hear the child say Malimu has passed away, yeah. Eric says some problems have a way of solving themselves. That means they were banking on Malimu's death. Do you think they would have eventually killed him? If he didn't get out of but their you know, way. The brothers, remember in the first episode when the brothers were following him mm-hmm. and then he said, guys, this is where, our, this is the land our mother is married, is buried on. Mm-hmm. They say something like, you will follow her very soon when they had him coughing. They so it's like, it's like they were very callous. I really think they killed him. You think so? I don't know. Because, because Anne came to check on his, um, like to confirm that he's dead, mm-hmm. dead. And she said whatever medical condition he had, she thought he had more time. So she didn't expect him to die that soon. Yeah. Do you think he was holding on to see his daughter before Probably. he drops dead? Because remember, in the beginning, Akisa kind of has a vision. Mm-hmm. Not really a vision, but like she sees her father mm-hmm. when she's at the party of Vivian and Max. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was a sign? That he was going to die? Soon and she needed to go home? I think she has this... Um, I think she's thrown back into these, you know, her past life and her family quite often. Like, it's a result of the trauma she experienced. I think she thinks of those things from time to time. We just happen to be witnessing one mm-hmm. in the first episode. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, so we go back to Musa and Titus and Eric calls these guys. So basically he finds out that their brother, their older brother, who is the patriarch, has died and I think he thinks it's going to be easier for me to acquire whatever I want because these guys are stupid. Mm-hmm. Also, like you said, he calls them fat and skinny. The use of descriptives, that's, I hate it so much. But it is Especially so... in our communities. Yeah, it is so prevalent. Um, it's not even a big deal. For example, someone calls you fat or skinny or whatever. If you call them out, they'll be shocked that you're calling them out because it's so normalized. Like, I already know I'm fat, so... I have a mirror. But that's how they It's dis- so strange the things they choose to be blunt and About? call out. That is so true. Because there's so many other things. For example, Akisa's mom. Mm-hmm. That woman was speaking in riddles. It's like, what is it that you want exactly. to say? Like, I kept on getting pissed. She's saying waste, curse. At one point, she even blamed Akisa for the death of her husband. Is it like Akisa brought her shame? What is it? It's like Akisa was a chisirani. You know what a chisirani is? Like a curse? Like a, yeah, a curse, a bad omen. Like, mm-hmm. because the moment she arrived, the dad died. But you're right. Instead of, you know, Akisa's mom stating whatever is aggravating her, let's talk about it. We're both adults now. Let's have a conversation. Why do you hate me so much? Why do you resent me so much? She starts speaking in riddles. But they can openly call people fat, short, skinny, what, 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 what. Are you serious? Guys, do you agree with us? It's like there's some things people choose to be blunt about and then there are others where they just choose to beat around the bush. It's so annoying sometimes. Calling people outside their name is annoying. It is. Especially living in a world where people are very conscious. I mean, maybe there was a time where calling a person fat, tall had no consequences. Right. But in today's world, there's a standard of beauty. Calling a person outside of that, it makes them more aware that they do not fit it. Which makes you very self 
conscious and it's uncomfortable. So I really do not support it. Just call the person by the name. Mm-hmm. Then we are shown Vivian talking to the Swiss man. Remember, she has a continuing deal. You think? That was the opportunity she was going to have to break into the European market. Okay. Which is why she was really frustrated. Mm-hmm. Somebody calls someone. Yeah, they are on the phone and they are talking and she's promising him that, you know, this is African time. <laughs> this is Afri- African time is not African time. We need to dispel this. Yeah. So she says... It's racist. Yeah. We move. Let's, <laughs> she's, she said, this is African time. Give me some... Give me some li- little more time to like put the goal together and give it to you. And within that time, she doesn't even know where she's going to get the gold. No, she does not. You know, when we see the Swiss man talking, Roberto talking to her, mm-hmm. he's in a hotel room. Right. And in this hotel room, there are who I, I suppose are sex workers. They're two black women mm-hmm. and they are making out mm-hmm. on the bed. Ah, guys, I have a problem. But it's called, they, they call it, they term it sex tourism. No, I hear. They need to sexual, I hear. Like, the exploitation of people in vulnerable conditions. I hear. But that's the in thing. In the global I f- south. I feel like women. for them to justify whatever it is that they're doing, they call it sex tourism. Because notice the imbalance. It's usually European or generally white men or women who come to these countries. There's even stories about Kenya. Who come to these countries and then take advantage of the women or like the young kids and stuff. Nasty, man. But that's the thing. Why would you term it sex tourism when you know there's a power imbalance? So I feel like... Tour- do you want to talk about tourism? Tourism in, 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 in itself. Its- listen. Is, <laughs> there's an imbalance. That is so true. Nobody ever says I'm going to Switzerland to tour. I want to see some cows. <laughs> I want to see some cows in Switzerland. Do you think they'll give me a visa? But they will come to see lions. Like you have to have a groundbreaking reason. You're like an earth-moving reason for you to be granted a visa days. to go to those places. So the fact Border that... Border control against the browns and blacks. Oh my God. So the fact that this is termed sex tourism and these wealthy men who have obviously money they have the privilege of mobility they can come in and out mm-hmm. and they come and at this point is it even consensual like yeah. if i know you're going to give me money after this of course i'm going to say yes right i'm already in a situation where i'm deprived of things basic that, basic needs yeah so whatever you offer i'm going to take it is that even consent <sighs> But this episode is not Ethics. about that. Let's move. Because <laughs> these, I'm a business this, people. They, one day they'll block this podcast. We're always white people, white people. But look, guys. This, this, we love I'm, white this, people. I'm a my business people. <laughs> to be honest, you find them hanging out with people like this in the hotels and bars and restaurants and whatnot. So... We understood the message. We really did. They always be like that. We really did. We forgot to mention Vivian's jewelry is yeah. always on point. I love the actress. The necklaces paired with the earrings, they really look so good. Yes. And whoever is photographing them makes sure we see them because we've been really seeing them and they really look good. Also, the actress has like, she has the features for the jewelry. She's very, the community people. I think they hear of the death. No, that even the... before that, remember, Eric comes and he tells them, sell me the land for five million. Immediately, the same day they heard that this man has died. Listen, these brothers, they literally negotiate and agree to sell the land for 10 million. Then I'm wondering, 
Um, who are they to negotiate the sale of this land? Is it their land? No, but then if the patriarch has died, that means the women in that family don't matter anymore. So these men are going to be making decisions for them. Why is this giving me my village? Oh, I hate it. I'm having war flashbacks. Anyway. What do you mean war flashbacks? <laughs> You've never been in a war. Okay, so, um, the youngins linger these days. <laughs> actually, I have been in. Yeah, you actually have been. In now the news has spread. Yeah, and, and then, in the late evening, mm-hmm. they come over to Mwalimu's home mm-hmm. and singing. Oh man, that scene! That scene was so realistic. Yo, Do you know how many vigils we've been on? It felt very real. Very like everybody gathering outside the house. They bring the sofa from inside the house and put it out, and the men sit on the sofa. And then the women start to cook. Even <laughs> when you're the one grieving, I hate that. And you have to be serving these people. Listen. You have a bone to pick with men. <laughs> <laughs> it's not men. I have a bone to pick with the patriarch. And then remember the part where Akisa's phone kept on ringing? <laughs> yes. First of all, what is that ringtone? Miss, what is your ringtone? Okay, I don't have a ringtone. But still, what? So you just have a general dislike yeah, for Yeah, I generally don't like ringtones. <laughs> no, but her ringtone was annoying. <laughs> you know what my ringtone is? It's the one for Apple, like iPhone. On an Android? <laughs> On Android. Techno. I, I said, why not? get this sound and put it there's a way people respect you, you when know. you have a oh my god <laughs> on my techno phone remove anyway so Akisa's phone keeps ringing she the call was from Jay her office assistant. like assistant yeah so the call was from Jay and I think Jay was trying to ask her something yeah she said leave me alone I am grieving my dad has died please don't call me that's the part when the uncles these annoying uncles come and they're like you know here in this place we respect elders Picking up a phone while an elder is speaking, it's disrespectful. <laughs> but I was thinking... And you know who was talking when she picked the phone? Charles' dad, the, the council head. Oh, but I was thinking, these men have the audacity. Haven't you just sold the land which these people are standing on? But you're here telling us about respect. They pick and choose things from tradition. If they can use it to oppress women, they love that tradition. So they use it to serve themselves, really. Yeah, for real. But you know what? Big up to Akisa. Because Akisa yeah. can talk back. Yo, Akisa can. Some of us were cowards. Listen, there's this running joke <laughs> that Ugandan women are humble and Kenyan women are not. Because I'm imagining if, if I was in a situation... But you know what? I would talk back. Those are you sure you'll talk back? Yeah, it's one thing to say and it's another I to don't actually know how do. You your uncles <laughs> you know they kind of like segregate the conversations you can't even speak that like, is so how true. will you end up in the in the group of the men who to are be able to talk back yeah because then they'll say this is not for girls like you you're probably serving them bet that is so true but i really like how she was able to stand up for herself because at this point they were really bullying her and i think that they did not anticipate her being there because if it was Esther, they the will mom. bulldoze over her. Yeah, they will. And they usually do. I was reading a book a few days back. What's Mommy. the name of the book? So the book is called Long Throat Memoirs Soup, Sex, and Nigerian Test Buds by Yemisi Aribi Sala. So in the book, she was talking about how when a woman is married into the man's family, she becomes less than all the family members. Jeez. And I was thinking, damn, because we're going to see this throughout the whole show, the way they treat y- Esther. Yes. 
it's like she is no longer relevant now that the person she was attached to who is the husband is no more i think it's important and it's good that akisa was able to stand up to those people because if she was not there mm-hmm. i don't know what esther would have done it's also frustrating them titus and musa because they never thought that they would meet such an obstacle right who will be talking back and questioning right Uncle Musa and Titus, they suggested that they use Esther's little savings for the funeral. These men have the nerve. You know, they said our brother, he's going to get the funeral he rightfully deserves, which means an extravagant funeral. But we're going to use your mom's, your mom's little savings. <laughs> oh my God. I think it must have been hard for like some older Africans to watch because they're like, why is she disrespecting her uncle? Because a part of me would feel that. Then another part would be like, yeah, you know, when we see it from our respectability lens, like how we grew up, it would be like, oh my God, she's so, she's so disrespectful. At first, if you watch and you're not questioning yourself and your beliefs, you'll be like, Akisa is so obnoxious. Like she feels herself. Yeah, right, right, right. What's the term? She's full of herself. She's full of herself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Then later I was questioning, but why am I thinking like this? You know, who's full of themselves? Those stupid uncles. <laughs> This is going to be harder for the older people. Yeah, definitely. When you're watching, you need to be asking yourself, why do I think she's obnoxious if you think so? Because a lot of people think Akisa is a villain. Oh, the irony of them using tradition and culture mm-hmm. to shame or to like sideline Akisa and Esther. But then they forget all about tradition and culture and sell the land. They're quick to sell that land yeah, to a company. That is ancestral land. Like the man kept on telling them this is where our mother is buried. Yeah. That, does, that, does that mean also that they don't respect their mother like that? If it was their father it, who was buried uh, yeah, you there. Know what? He said, mm-hmm. would, they have, would they have been quick to sell it to? So on this podcast we review black and brown film, right? Yeah. And other stuff. We watch a lot of like Indian movies. Mm. And we've realized the thing. That when the movies always start, they always have in remembrance of... In memory of... We miss you in memory of... The people like usually mentioned are men. So we always ask ourselves... It's like a running joke. We're like, oh, another man. Women are not missed in India. But you know what? I think women are not missed also in some places in Africa. But if you're easily replaceable, why would you be missed? Jeez. <laughs> So maybe Eric is right to call them stupid. For Eric to call them stupid, that means he knows he is exploiting them. Nobody can accept to be exploited in his mind. To that extent. That is not stupid. Right. If they're not stupid. And I think Eric wants to do his own double selling, triple selling. What's the he word? Was so quick. Very quick. To give them that offer. Because then I think you're right. After buying it from them, then he would sell it to Ekorok for maybe double the price that they asked for mm-hmm. and then he pockets the difference hmm. and that's why he's saying they're stupid because for him he thinks he is smart because he's gonna make money off that remember ali the man that max was torturing because he thought he knew where the gold is so ali finally gives a name and it turns out that the name he has given is in congo goma right yeah before max leaves he tells the person torturing ali to throw him in the river implying that they probably killed him and so sad, and know? discarded his body. But the part that was really the saddest was when Ali was saying, guys, don't do this. My mother and my sisters depend on me. So I was thinking how... Yeah, I don't have jobs. Yeah, I was thinking how, you know, like some of these things, you think you're hurting one person, but you're yeah. hurting a whole community because majority of us, you're never looking out for yourself only. It's like there's a group of people behind you. Mm-hmm. So that part really was so sad, you know, like when he was pleading with them to not kill him. But, you know, even if they had 
had not killed him they've damaged his limb they've shot how him can you in re- the knee how can you recover from that there's a netflix movie it's a uganda netflix movie it's called the girl in, in the, the yellow, yellow jumper. jumper yeah they talk about shooting people in the knee and how bad it is max meets this man called suli uh-huh I think and, it's an old connect. And this man is wearing a purple suit and a purple hat. Everybody knows Congolese people for being like extravagant, you know, like in their dressing. They do dress well. I love. Like the like you can always tell a Congolese man cuz they will come with like the shiniest suit, like the most embellished um gold chains, watches, shoes and everything. And I think they nailed that down when they made that man wear a purple suit and the hat. So with they, a feather <laughs> so, in the night. Yeah, that is odd. <laughs> And he is Max Connect in Goma. They reach a place and they find a woman and they ask her for directions, right? Yeah. <laughs> I loved she was doing the Lingala French Swahili mix. Guys, so she gives them the direction. <laughs> and they go to this place. It's like um a bar. They were playing a game. And so these guys go in discreetly and I think the goal is to retrieve the money, right? Without a confrontation. Yeah, without confrontation. But then in the process of them sneaking in, they find a... Is it a fridge? It was a fridge with bottles of wine. And in those bottles... So my first thought when I saw that, (laughs) my first thought was, are these people going to take the wine instead of the gold? Ngali are not smart. I thought it was like a special brew. I was like, is this champagne? You're going to lose thousands of shillings over what four or five bottles of champagne guys be serious but then later on we found out that there were actually gold rocks in the bottles which which is why they took them so i think to them they thought you know what (laughs) we might as well just take the gold and get it over with you know like how we keep laughing at american movies (laughs) especially horror movies it's like you have the time to run away (laughs) why are you still standing it's like they'll stand for like five seconds until the person dies and we're like really that was unnecessary oh shit because these guys, they take the bottles, then they start opening the bottles and testing if the... I mean, yeah, it makes sense because you don't want to run away with counterfeit gold again. But I thought, I thought to myself, why don't you just maybe run a mile? Because while they were carrying, while they were checking this stuff, they are shot at. Yep. And then Suli died in that, like, the shootout. Yeah. So sad. And I was thinking, this death was unnecessary. It was actually really sad because he was saying, after we, after we're done with this, I'm going to take you home to my madame. And we'll why eat. say it like my madame? Sounds like a mistress. That's how they say. <laughs> That's what these people call their wives. They say my madame. madame. Well, yeah. Do you know what? Like some older uh, parents, <laughs> they say my madame. <laughs> my madame, and they say even they call her mommy. They don't know that in young lingo, mommy means something else. This is not the podcast for that. Like, why using bedroom talk here? Mommy? What? Daddy? Why is that bedroom talk for calling your wife mommy? It means something else. Listen, we're not going to discuss this. Calling your husband daddy means something else, but. (laughs) So, this guy dies, and then in the shootout, the people take, they retrieve their bottles, the bottles of gold, but then Max. He manages to get away with, with I think, two bottles or something or like three, that. Something like that. Yeah. The next thing was shown is him back home in the shower. His position in the shower, you can tell that he was traumatized by this experience. Uh, his friend of some years is dead. Yeah. And I think he can't even, you can't report something like that because then. To who? Yeah, actually. To who? It's so sad because that's when I realized, oh, damn, Max has feelings besides lust. <laughs> 
you mean last? Akisa. I don't know if that's, that's love, the thing. y'all, is but it, whatever. Is it last for Akisa or is it love? We'll find out. Vivian comes into the shower and she says, where is my gold? But remember even the part where he gave her the gold? It's like he composed himself from the shower and he came out as the regular Max, you know, like the bad boy Max that he is. Yeah. And then he gave her the gold. And even then Vivian was like, he still managed to fuck this up. Vivian is ruthless though. Her empathy level is like tittering on zero. Vivian then tries to kick Max out. Like she gives him no space. She's like, I don't even want to breathe the air you're like the... I don't want to be in the vicinity you're in. And... Max tells her, you can't really do that. We are chained together. Which was very interesting to hear because it made us believe that could they have been involved in something. Yeah, what's something that can chain you together besides marriage? I mean, they are married. Anyway, also marriage does not chain you. You can divorce. Um, can you? Not in Uganda. Exactly. So That's the thing. Because if Max is willing to go all the way and do all of these things for Vivian, it makes... Even I think, I feel she treats him him like that because she knows he cannot he can't go anywhere so then what is it that they are involved in it's a good thing that he flipped it back on her like you can't treat me like shit but even in that there's chaining the power imbalance yeah max is on the lower end yeah he's at the mercy of vivian yeah he is in the morning Akisa gets a box of pictures and she comes to her mom and uh, Auntie Salome. They're sitting outside and she's trying to ask the mother, help me choose a picture for Baba's you know, funeral. Mm-hmm. You know, like that picture that they put in the program and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the mother is giving her the cold shoulder. One day, like later in the episodes, I don't know, maybe it will, they'll help us understand more why Esther is like this to her child guys esther's coldness is so palpable yeah i wanted to use that word but honestly (sighs) it is oh my god because aunt salome steps in she's always trying to pacify things you know while they're 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 talking officer nima Mm -hmm. comes by i think she's the community also can we talk about how i call her askari how her hair is bomb yes her hair is it's amazing because she removed her cap and then put it, you know. And I was like, yes, madam. <laughs> <laughs> Looking quite hot, madam. Mm-hmm. She looks so good. She comes by. I believe this is done, like, for official documents. She comes to check the body. Mm-hmm. um, See if there are any suspicious... What is the term? Malfunction. No. <laughs> Malpractice. No. Not a doctor. Like... If the death looks suspicious in any way... How does that a suspicious death look like? I don't know. Like, she just comes to ascertain that this person died... Peacefully? Natural causes. Like, they went on their own time. Death is death, first of all. Ali's death it was not okay. exactly. Neither was Sully's. So you get what I mean. So, and I think it meets whatever stipulations. Because then she says, you can come by and pick the death certificate. Tomorrow tomorrow so that you can proceed with the burial uh-huh. and then akisa says i need it today because i think she's trying to get this over yeah with quickly it seems she wants to return home uh-huh. and it's funny because when officer nima is there at the house she says similar words to what anna, anna said it's like it's funny that the time you, the day you choose to come back home is when your dad dies and then i says like what are you implying <laughs> you can see that she's starting to get pics like oh my god like if you guys want to say something say it we move on to Vivian and, um, you know, her Roberto, her Swiss Connect. And we see that he has backed out of their deal. And she is very upset. 
And it's scary because at this point you can see like she is willing to do anything to make things work. So Vivian is informed of Roberto's decision while she's on the way to meet with the engineers, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, you can even see that there's an anxiety around her, yes. an anxiousness. I don't know if that's a word because she's popping pills too. We don't know what she's taking. Yeah. So she goes to the meeting, she meets the engineers, and then they have a call with Eric, right? Mm-hmm. Eric is teleconferencing from yeah. Silanga. He tells them about the new development and um, how they're going to acquire the land. And then in the phone call, I mean, in the conference they're having, he says that they plan on, is it to decimate? He doesn't use the word decimate, but it's like they, when he shows them like the plans mm-hmm. where they plan to do the open pit mining, you can see that Silanga they plan to like to dig be the whole of that place laid to waste like the whole village yeah. the whole community would be gone yeah because they're already doing that to that small the small part that they are mining right now so their plan is to expand and the fact that they're meeting with these engineers it shows that them finding the gold mm-hmm. that Josiah found mm-hmm. in episode 1 it has renewed the interest of everyone including Vivian herself and it seems Eric has done calculations and we don't know anything about mining no we don't but he has looked into this gold specimen and he... and it seems the land that they need to acquire to seal this new deal is the land of Akisa's father. Akisa's father's land yeah. stands in the center. Yep. So like this specimen of this rock that of gold that they found, it seems of good quality and they think that there's more. Because the way Vivian starts talking about how they can acquire land, she starts... It's not even acquiring a... it in proper channels. It's like, just do whatever it takes to get that land. Yeah, like, we just need this land. She she does not talk about the place, like, there's people who live here. There's no. people whose lives are built on this land. Mm-hmm. We have Silas. Silas yeah. is a bully, though. Yeah. <laughs> He is bullying Charles' little brother, who we know. He works like as an errand boy. Yeah. He doesn't look like he has ever seen sun. He's wearing like a collared he looks shirt, like, his fresh, like a polo shirt. He looks like a fresher from university. Mind you, this guy, you, there's some things he disagrees with yeah. Silas on. I think he's conflicted. He knows he has to be there to make money, but also he knows that what they're doing is not right. No. He has no choice because he doesn't want to become an object of ridicule like his brother. Right. Because his brother is a farmer, they think oh, he's not. The way they keep dragging. He's making some inappropriate sexual comments about Anna. And the brother is like, ah, stop it. I think they were making fun of him like, you don't get any girls. But he's doing everything he's supposed to do. They're still saying you don't have any girls. So you don't really, you're not really cut out as a man. But see, that's the thing. He needs to learn from his brother. His brother decided this is, this is a them problem. If Shava was preoccupied with what they thought of him as a man, I don't know, Tony's gonna learn the hard way. He's gonna realize even if you get the job that they want you to get, even if you get the girls... You don't win either way. You don't. It seems that Kisa's car has a flat tire. <laughs> She's using a jack to... Is it a jack? Listen, we could be wrong, but you know, it's that thing that you use to lift the car, and you can see she's struggling because even the way she's like using the device, it's like, what is she doing? She has a soft life, yeah. <laughs> and then Chalo comes and he's like, hey, you need help on his bike, on his motorbike from a distance. Is the mother of Kanini, she has a shop so they can see what is happening because her car broke down in like a public 
place. Yeah. And then in the shop is Anna. I think Anna was buying something from the <laughs> shop. So Kanini's mother says, You, you're letting your boyfriend do that? To her, with her? Yeah, and then she's like, that's his ex-girlfriend. Anna says, oh no, that's his nature. You know, he helps everyone. Kanini's mother says, I don't think that's everyone. That is his ex-girlfriend. And I feel like the moment she said that, Anna's mindset changed. It was not immediate, but you can see that she she's not so much in distress because she's like, that's generally how he is. Oh my God, but guys, Akisa is such a soft baby. This girl, she had her jack on the ground. She was going to leave it. Chalo had to pick it up for her and put it in her car for her. <laughs> First, she was like, can you give me a ride? So she got her documents from the car, then closed the car. And then she was walking to the border border. And then he's like, you're not going to pick your stuff up. And then she's like, Ugh. and he picked it up for her. I was like, damn. And then the next time we see them is Akisa and Chalo at Nima's place, the police post. Yeah. And Nima is telling them about their father. And then she starts reminiscing yeah. all the moments she shared with him. And she's like, he always had a kind word to say to me. And then Chalo says he was a father to many. Akisa can't relate. She really can't. Even her expression is like, okay, whatever. <laughs> break time what was your favorite scene the part where the woman was spreading the maze in a wooden tray like thing they shot it so well again golden light you could see the specks in the light it was really beautifully done when the casket was in the tent at night and then the lanterns were around it i loved that shot what was your favorite sound the vigil sounds at night they were so realistic. I felt like I was actually attending an actual funeral. It was done really well. I agree with you. The choir singing, the a cappella, it felt very real. What was your favorite line? He always had a kind word to say. Where the community regarded him as a father figure, but his own child could not relate. It put into perspective what Akisa is going through. When Max said to Vivian, remember we are chained together forever. I liked the delivery of the actor and the line also gave insight into the kind of relationship Max shares with Vivian. Do you notice? It's like Nima wanted some gossip. She was doing a digging of her own. I realized this only when I re-watched it. That Nima asked Akisa, Hey, what happened? While they're sitting there coming for the death certificate mm -hmm. with Chalo. You left after everything and we never heard from you. We started hearing rumors that you were pregnant. Mm -hmm. And Akisa shut that down real quick. And she said, do you have the certificate or not? And you could see that Chalo was kind of taken aback. He didn't even know that. Was he... But he, Chalo, like, he looked I, clueless. His reaction was more like, ah, she just wants gossip. Let me... Because he just went along with what she said. Because Akisa said, you know, villages and gossip. Chalo also. Yeah, you know how it is, Nima. <laughs> so I think he just went, he's like, okay, they want info. So do you think Nima knows something then? I think they just know the rumors. They don't really know the story. When there's a vacuum, people will start creating stories. That is true. So I think when they saw that she was gone, no, it seems even no one has her number in this place. It Nobody can find out. They don't have Facebook. <laughs> ah, Facebook is a nuisance. Who has energy be... for Facebook, first of all? That's how people keep tabs on... On like childhood friends, people they went to university or high school with. For comparison purposes. Yeah, Not even really. like the care. I, honestly, that's what I believe. If you use Facebook for something else, I am sorry. Good for you. She made sure she cut everyone completely. That means Chalo has no idea. 
and the part where he said he was like a dad to me oh he was like a dad to many just like Nima said like you said she could not relate it's like I th- and I think it must be painful for her because she's like how can you be a father to all these strangers but your own child you can't yeah, okay they're not really strangers but still like it's painful like yeah it is bruh you had one job to be a father to me but you can't but you can be a you father decided. to the whole village that is not fair community dad <laughs> very painful you notice also yes like at the vigil the day before mm-hmm. Charlo came by the tea stand after the uncle's titus and uh, Musa Musa chastised Akisa mm-hmm. he came by the stand and then it's like he wanted to talk you left what happened I think he's curious you see the the rumors that Nima knows mm. he probably hears the same thing yeah so he wants to find out if it's actually true or not we met a reporter Joe he works at uh i don't know it's some a media house of sorts and he ambushes Vivian in the underground garage and while he's talking to Vivian he it's like Ikorok is known for grabbing people's land, carrying out these mining activities with no regard for the communities that they do it in. Yeah. So he's asking her, is it true? And then he also goes on to ask about the gold laundering. Mm-hmm. So he's asking, you want to hear? Like, want. What's your comment on this? And this woman, <laughs> I don't know if she spits on his phone, she gets gum, something. She gets something from her mouth and she and puts, puts it, it on, on his phone. Ah, Vivian, what the hell? That's nasty. In COVID times? Yeah. You can do many things to me, but saliva is where I cross the line. I mean, in other cases. <laughs> but <laughs> saliva is where I cut. No, 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 no. Ojakubula candidiosis. That's not how candida happens. We're not medical professionals, but I I guarantee you. Mm, you know what? It can cause candida. Mm. Anna. I think it's her regularly scheduled visit to Charlo's house in the evening. When she knocks on the door, she starts making jokes that what is this I hear about you and your high school girlfriend? He's not facing her. Mm. So we can see her face. Yeah, we can see his face. Both faces. He's fumbling. That's because he doesn't know she's joking. Right. So think, we can see that she's joking, but we can also see that he's struggling. I'm now worried for Anna if it's not a joke on his face. Only when he realizes she's joking does he start to laugh along. <laughs> but he was fumbling for a minute like, yeah, you know. Uh, anyway, the part is cute. <laughs> yeah. And then we're shown Akisa mm-hmm. arranging the funeral event. Like she's in her element. Because that's when it hit me that, oh, she is an event planner, actually. Yeah. I think that's the morning after. So she's asking people, like, pitching the tents, the chairs. She's she's in her element. She's commanding. Like, she can see she knows what she's doing. And then the part where she wanted to cut the tree branch mm-hmm. because they wanted to erect a tent. And the mom came and she said, your father never wanted any of the trees to be cut. It makes so much sense because it's like where their homestead is, it's mm-hmm. very green and lush. So like when she was explaining that she needs to put up the tent mm-hmm. and they need to cut a branch, the mother became so concerned. She said, don't cut my husband's tree. And then Akisa said, wow, he's a father to everything, including trees, but me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's yeah, not exactly that, but something like that. That's when they started getting into the, the mother. Remember when she cursed her? Something, oh. if if something doesn't break your knees... You will trip on your own legs, something, something. Yeah, something like that. Just that was... Some really mean, like, omnious mean curses. That was so hard to watch. 
to be honest. Akisa snapped. She was like, look, if you want to say something, mm-hmm. say it to my face. When Akisa confronted her, Esther just... She just walked away. The next time we see them is when they're in the house. Akisa's mom, Auntie Salome. And then Auntie Salome is asking Akisa to make tea. Yeah, that when we have kids. <laughs> we have them so that they can serve us sometimes. To be honest, I can count on my fingers the number of times I've had relatives say that about their children. Excuse me, so you're giving birth to indentured servants? That's kind of sad because then you realize you were born to serve. It's it's disturbing. It is. <laughs> While Akisa is going to do the tea, Uncles Musa and Titus come around again. It's like they can come in this house at any time they want. They kind of have, um, you know, like entitlement. Yeah, entitlement. That's true. And they come in with a piece of the... Yeah, the program, I think. It's a program for yeah. the funeral service. They're reading through it. And Akisa is like, oh, so this... Where did you get this? It has arrived. And then they're like, yeah. Then then she's like, okay, so why didn't you bring the whole bundle inside? No, no, these uncles. Huh. The audacity. And that was right after they had asked for tea. Yeah, they were like, serve us tea too. And then they're like, you want us to get the papers from outside? What are we, your servants? Your maids. Like, they don't even see the irony. They don't. When they sit down to talk to Akisa's mom and Akisa and Aunt Salome, they start with their preamble of saying our daughter to Akisa. Basically saying, like, we're the only parents you have now. Give us the authority. We will do what's best for you. Basically, they're saying all this as a preamble to, we're gonna kick you out because... We're selling this land. As the men now... Things are changing. And because they're changing, selling this land is the next best thing to do. The way I filmed, I, this part, you, you saw Esther got up and mm. she walked out of the room. And she's like, you're not going to kick me out of this house. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, they didn't care about her opinion. They were talking to Akisa. Their attention was directed to Akisa. That is true. And that's why I think they added all those, you're our daughter. Simanya <laughs> Bichu. So we meet the governor because this person, remember, because Isaac would sometimes say the governor refused to pick up our calls and yeah, stuff. Yeah, we didn't really know who, who the governor was. So we find out now that this is the governor and he's at a golf club. We find out that Vivian wants to talk to this man, but the man doesn't want to talk. Mm-hmm. His car and his bodyguards, while they are driving away, she stands in front of the car and she demands to speak to him. When she finally speaks to him, she asks for a license. It seems she needs a license. Mm-hmm. To allow her to mine Silanga. To proceed, yeah. And this governor says, I don't want to jeopardize my election. So it's not that he cares for Silanga, no. He just doesn't want to jeopardize his election. his election. That's the priority. There are rumors that Ekorok is involved in shady business and he doesn't want to be attached to them. But the part that really pissed me off was the fact that he said, I don't want to jeopardize my election. Like... Anyway, when have they ever really cared about the people? If we're being honest, when have they ever? We always sound like anti-government. Because we are. (laughs) So you can see that Vivian is is distressed because she really needs this to work. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the governor is not playing ball. But you know, the moment he said that I'm not in this deal with you, the panic... On On Vivian's Vivian's face. face. The actress portrayed it really well. Like, this is when I saw, oh, damn... She she's scared for real yeah, for real. Yeah, she really is. So then I was concerned. Okay, what level of trouble is she is in? Because the deal with the Swiss man fell through. She found her saving. I don't know her saving thing. 
which is this gold in Silanga. Mm-hmm. Governor doesn't want to give her the permit to proceed. She's stuck. Yeah, she's like in a between a rock and Silanga. <laughs> <laughs> We move to the night before the funeral. Mm-hmm. So, there's a character that we got introduced to in episode one. But because there was a lot going on in episode one, we decided to talk about him in episode two. So, this man is called the professor. And in episode. You know what? Strange thing. Even Mwalimu. Mwalimu is not his name. Is Mwalimu- it not? Mwalimu means teacher. I don't know who's purposely naming the child teacher. But people do. Why your president is literally called... What is he called? Homo seven. <laughs> okay. People call him the professor. And we first see him when Akisa is coming to Silanga. Because she almost knocks him. And then she gets out of the car and she says, Professor, do you remember me? It's me. That means she knows him from her childhood. Yeah. But then it's like he could not remember her. When she left... He was not in that condition. Oh, yeah? It seems. Yeah. And he just looked at her like a stranger. Then she was a bit confused. Like, why? And then he's always speaking in riddles. Like metaphors. Yeah. Like how teachers talk. (laughs) Pretty much. So the next time we see this man is when the men are having a village meeting. Remember the village meeting? That was in episode one. Yeah. The village meeting where Mwalimu was saying, this land is a legacy. Don't sell it. When he brought the dead chicken. Mm -hmm. Professor was also there. So when Professor came, he spoke some Bible verses. And then people just looked at him and laughed. It gave the impression that he is the village... In quotes. Madman. And we're saying that in quotes because obviously that's not the right word to say it. But that's how the village views him. You know what? It's two things. Sometimes it's mental illness. Sometimes you do not operate by the standards of everyone in that society so then you also termed a mad person, person. yeah because akisa could be considered a mad person too notice how they call her like curse etc mm. toxic this and that when we're growing up okay let me use women women who talked back to men let's say wore pants some of us are from very conservative communities they wore pants basically they did not do what their society expected women to be doing because they cannot explain it they call you or they relegate you to being... A mad person. Mad. Yeah, that is true. And then there are those who have actual mental illness. Yeah. Who they also call mad. What do you think I think Professor, professor is? is the latter. I don't know what those things latter-day saints. <laughs> 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 professor is, like, maybe he has some mental illness. Okay. Yeah. I'm assuming he was probably, like, a teacher. Because... He excites a lot of things. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's why he's called Professor. Do you know we have a saying where I come from? Yeah, that is In so true. Translation, books made them go mad. Yeah, they say that to discourage girls from studying too hard. Yes. Because then you're going to become mad. Usually when you do study, your mindset shifts. So, because yes. this community is not used to this new way of life, they term that madness. Yeah. Hmm. And so the fact that he was called Professor, and then they were calling him mad, it took me back to that. Right. In the meeting, you could see that they disregard what he says. And then the next time we see him, and this is when we see, again, these new senses. We suspect that they are the ones. They are. Me, yeah, I know. In the night, there's people spraying the sukuma and the vegetable garden. Yeah, they're spraying it with, I think it's an insecticide or some. We don't know. It must be a chemical of some sort. Yeah. And this professor sees them. One of the shirts is the shirt that Titus wears. Yeah, Adashiki. Yeah, during the day. 
So we are speculating. Me, I know. I'm not even speculating. I know it's Titus and Musa. Those men, they are capable of that. If they are capable of telling you die so we can sell your land, I don't know what they are not. Anyways. <laughs> Do you know, I really hope it gives only like temporary symptoms. I hope it's not something that... Permanent damage? Yeah, that's messed up. Which then proves the point. In the beginning, episode one, it was Auntie Salome. She was like, first they came for the chicken. Yeah. Next it will be you mm. and Mwalimu. And Mwalimu died. The next scene we see is Mama Akisa, Esther. She comes carrying a shawl. This is the first time we see Esther, the mother, coming to the daughter. It yeah. was always Akisa finding these people. Akisa says... This is the rap that daddy gave you when, when I was a child. Yeah. Then the mother says, I want you to have it. But it was so odd because in that moment, Esther was so tender. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? How <laughs> did she go from that cold person to now this tender person? So she gives her the show. She says, you know, I have my suspicions. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when uncles Titus and Musa sat them down to mm -hmm. talk to them? And they were referring to Akisa as their daughter. Mm -hmm while I sing Esther out. Right. I think Esther has realized that the only connection she actually has that she can use to claim that land and home is through her daughter. Who is the child with their brother. Damn. So I don't know even if she's being affectionate from like a true place because I just don't know how you change that quick. Yeah, you know, she changed so quick. Even even Akisa was like, what is going on? You could see it on her face. She was confused. Esther knows the politics going on has realized if i'm gonna survive i better start being nice to this girl they're calling their daughter mm. that is the morning after then we see the funeral the funeral event happening mm. the service happening so there's you know the singing choirs listen the choirs got some money <laughs> from this because if you're from like a christian background yeah it really did sound like christian songs you know like especially if like the funeral is up 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 deep village we come from mountains so, even carrying generator up there is a bit too much. You will hear only a cappella because now, you know, the modern day choirs, they'll be putting truck. Is this the part where the people are eating the food? Yeah, people are eating the food at the funeral. In the morning, we saw people cooking, the women who are always doing labor yeah, at these yeah, events. Yeah. We saw them picking the sukuma and there's some other vegetable that looks like a chard. Yeah. It looks like bok choy, but it's not. Swiss chard. <laughs> the same stuff those guys were spraying. The night before. So you can imagine what's going to happen at the funeral. So they were eating ugali with uh, the vegetables. Yeah, with the vegetables. Of course, the people had come. The tents were all set up. Like they were ready to bury the person. And then Professor also came and attended the funeral. Yeah, he did. And they tried to serve him a plate of food. And he refused the food because of what he saw the night before. And then he started saying, you people are going to get sick. <laughs> yeah. But I think ailments. because the people don't really rate him anyway, they thought he's just mumbling gibberish. So they ignored him. That is what calling people or relegating people to being mad does. Because then... It discredits mm -hmm. anything they say. Even if you're speaking the truth. After the people eat, we're shown pasta. Yeah. Akisa is draped in that wrap that the mother gave her earlier. They stand up. You know, they're doing the speeches and everything. Yeah, it's like they're really in the middle of the service. Yeah. <laughs> God, don't the uncles come? <laughs> These men piss me off. This interruption comes after they met at grace's bar and at this bar titus 
and Musa were on an agenda. They realized they are outnumbered. They saw once Akisa was not agreeing with selling the land and home and kicking them and out. their threats don't threaten her. They then went for reinforcement. They told all the community men who are part of the council, like, look, you need to help us. This woman from the coast... This is also when we learn Esther is not from the region. She is from the coast. Now, you know, inter-ethnic relationships. Gee. For another day. Yeah, we'll probably talk about this in another episode. Yep. Because I feel like this contributes to Esther's them, issues. Them mistreating her. Them mistreating her and Esther's issues with Akisa herself. Oh. Hmm. They come together. The things they're able to come together for one night. We see Mr. Juma, along with his besties, including Musa and Titus, and they come and interrupt Mwalimu's funeral. And then, chaos ensues. Guys, this was so chaotic. Oh my god. I kept on thinking, is this real? This is bad omen to interrupt funerals. And in this fight, we have the clergyman, (laughs) who's like, guys, we need to calm down. We have Esther. Esther is like, what the hell? Akisa, Akisa does not, she's not holding back. And then Chalo is joining. Doesn't Chalo's dad. Who is part of these men who have come? He starts abusing Chalo. Listen, Chalo is always catching stray bullets. Ah. (laughs) Again, you're not a man. And this time, they come for his beard. And I was thinking... Look at these people speaking. They don't even have beards themselves, first of like, all. Mr. Juma, sir, I'm going to need him to keep quiet. The man does not have a beard. He is bald. <laughs> That's why he wears a hat all the time. I have not seen his wife. <laughs> you know, I feel like part of the reasons why they keep questioning his manhood. No, should I say manhood? Manhood means... <laughs> He isn't being man enough is because yeah. he does not have a wife. I feel like that's a big part of why they disrespect him. Mm-hmm. And then also he doesn't agree with his dad. So like everybody's just fighting. Akisa is throwing words. Esther is throwing words. Chalo is throwing words. Musa and Titus are throwing words. The priest is throwing words. It reaches a point where another elder says, guys, stop fighting like kids. What is this? I think they had fun acting this part. It was so chaotic. Like, I was mortified, but it was also funny. Yeah. Even the choir stopped singing and they were like, what is going on? And they took the clergyman who's supposed to carry out the service. Yeah. So, like, he can't perform the service. There will be no burial. And guys, that is how the episode ends. It ends on such a chaotic note. We've touched on so many topics. Leave us a comment and share your thoughts. And we'll see you in the next episode. You've been listening to the Two African Girls Review Podcast, where we review black and brown films, TV, and more. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. Leave a comment on this episode and let us know what you'd like us to review next. Send us an email at twoafricangirlsreview at gmail.com. Until next time.